Well, Detroit, it has happened. Dave Dombrowski this afternoon on Wednesday, August the 4th, 2015, was let go by the Detroit Tigers in a stunning move. I mean, I'm, this is the doc here with you, a special uh, breaking news edition of the Detroit Sports Podcast. Um, I was just sitting in my office, checking Twitter, going over some paperwork here for the psychology office, and all of a sudden, Twitter started buzzing a little bit that uh, the management of the Detroit Tigers started to meet, and there was a closed-door situation, and uh, there was news, and a lot of people f- at first thought that maybe Brad Ausmus was let go, and so Twitter started buzzing. I got the word from Jason Beck's Twitter page that Dave Dombrowski was officially let go of his contract, relieved early, and that's a talking point in and of itself. He wasn't even allowed to finish out his contract. Everyone knew that his contract was up at the end of the season, and the Tigers decided that let's just break the news now uh, just ahead of the homestand versus Kansas City, and the Tigers broke the news. Dave Dombrowski is no longer the general manager and president of the of your Detroit Tigers. Al Avila is now taking charge. This is unbelievable breaking news that just happened here on Wednesday, and uh, it, it really has sparked off a bunch of different debates in regards to, one, should the Tigers have decided to let Dave Dombrowski go and not make him an offer? Two, is Al Avila going to be the guy that's going to be in charge of of the Tigers. I mean, a lot of people are thinking, well, you know, he was there all along, along the way with Dave Dombrowski, and the Tigers did not have the ultimate success with Dave Dombrowski under the helm. And then we can have a chat about was Dave Dombrowski's tenure in Detroit successful? All of these talking points were brought up just before four o'clock. It's really fascinating that this news happened, and it really kind of, you know, brings home the point that this 2015 season was a complete kind of disaster now for the Tigers, and they now have to rebuild the organization from the top down. Is Al Avila going to be the guy that's going to be in charge? It's going to be fascinating to see. The Tigers have done it. And so now you get to start asking the questions as to, okay, what do you think regarding Dave Dombrowski's tenure here in Detroit? Well, you got to remember, when Dave Dombrowski first came to Detroit, the situation was pretty much in dire straits. You had really bad management. You had a team that was losing consistently year after year, and the Tigers struggled. And many people said that potentially a generation of baseball fans were lost because of the fact that the Tigers stunk. And they brought in Dave Dombrowski to turn things around, and one of the first major moves that he did was he had to overpay to bring in an aging Pudge Rodriguez early on. And from then on, he was able to rebuild the team steadily. And once he got his guy, once Dave Dombrowski brought on his manager, Jim Leland, then right away we had massive success. And that 2006 season was really magical. I mean, it's, it's, it slowly took off with that rant from Jim Leland and then the season took off, uh, culminating in a World Series appearance versus St. Louis. Um, we didn't really play to our potential in that series, and we, I believe we lost the series four games to one. Up and down seasons, and then in 2012, back to the World Series. We were favored in that 2012 World Series versus the Giants, and the Tigers really fell flat on several fronts, offense, pitching, defense, and we were swept. And what really hurt was the Giants celebrated at, Comerica Park. 
and that's always tough to see. Starting with, I believe, the Fister trade, there were attempts made to deconstruct this team, and in my opinion, it didn't um, it didn't go well. From his from Dave Dombrowski's lack of ability to construct a bullpen, everyone knew that the pitching and the bullpen were going to be a source of concern, but it really hit home that uh, the pitching was awful this year when at the trade deadline, Dave Dombrowski went out and got five pitchers by trading away David Price, Joachim Soria, Ioannis Cespedes. And so once Dave Dombrowski took on the challenge of rebuilding this team to keep it consistent while, you know, spending big money, the payroll this year was very high. While he spent that much money, it just didn't turn out to be fruitful in terms of bringing home the ultimate prize, the World Series. And so today, the Tigers really made a big move, a big splash today, and really sparked off a lot of debate on our Twitter page, at Detroit Podcast. I mean, literally, we're getting tweet after tweet on our Twitter page, and we'll go through some of these tweets real fast. The 313 fan and the 614 tweeted us, failure, the goal is to win the World Series. Did we do that? Mr. S on Twitter says, how many World Series did he win? Uh, Brendan Martin tweets us, five postseason appearances, including two trips to the World Series, shouldn't be considered a failure. JT Olsen, it was an absolute success. It took this team from historically bad to a contender. He brought in the talent to win a ring. Gary Dawson, the team did improve overall, but the bottom line for Dave was zero World Series wins. And that's where I stand. I believe that what Dave Dombrowski needed for his tenure was to bring in the ultimate prize for the city of Detroit. We've been waiting since 1984, and it didn't happen. Now, that's not to discount that he didn't have, he didn't achieve greatness with the Tigers. That's two different things. Overall, the question was, was his overall tenure a success? My honest opinion was you classify it as a minor failure. It's not to discount the achievements that he did have by taking a team that was a perennial loser, by taking a team that was bad and turning them around from awful in the early 90s to a team that played much better in the late 2000s into, you know, the last 10 years. The last 10 the last 10 seasons have been very enjoyable, filled with so many memories. We can talk about we can talk about them here on the podcast. There were so many great memories for the Tigers. I remember back in 1994 when Dave Dombrowski was the general manager of the Montreal Expos. And the team got off to a fantastic start with Pedro Martinez as the pitcher. And the team had a young, I think Moises Alou was on that team. The team was very young and very talented. And they were doing some amazing things early on. But that 1994 season was shortened due to the Major League Baseball strike. And that's where Dave Dombrowski started to build his cachet. And then he won the World Series with the Florida Marlins with Jim Leland as the manager and with that, Dave Dombrowski built a strong reputation all around baseball as a guy that had a strong, smart baseball mind. He was unable to come here to Detroit and kind of have that ultimate success. I mean, the big thing that people talk about when they analyze Dave Dombrowski was he was given a checkbook by the Illiches to kind of spend freely. And it wasn't like one of those things where we were we were the team that spent the most, like the Yankees, well over $200 million. But once Dave Dombrowski got a hold of the checkbook, we started paying some players. You know, do you how much credit do you give him for getting Miguel Cabrera here and not giving up a whole lot of pieces? How much credit do you give him for, you know, drafting Justin Verlander high and sticking him out there relatively early in his career? And how much credit do you give him for the talent that he did assemble? You got to remember, it's not easy to make the playoffs year after year. And 
a lot of people discount the fact that the Tigers made the playoffs four straight seasons and won the Central, but that's a, a difficult thing to do. It's just when we got to the playoffs, the exits were marked by horrible pitching, really key mistakes by the bullpen. When we faced Boston and we had the lead one game to none, we were in game two and the bullpen failed to, to shut it down. That was a wrap. With that, we got another chance to make the playoffs. Last year, we got to face a Baltimore team that was, you know, a very decent team, and we didn't look good at all. When you look at the Dave Dombrowski era, after the 2013 season, after the playoff exit, you decide, okay, it's time. Jim Leland steps aside. For, uh, he steps aside after the season. At that time, Dave Dombrowski makes his, his key decision in hiring a brand new manager. They, you know, a lot of people at the time were talking, oh, Boston, you know, look what happened with them and their young manager. St. Louis, they won with Mike Matheny. Let's go down that road and look for a, a bright, young manager, a catcher. Let's go out there and find a catcher that we think is smart enough to lead this team. And you go out there and you do a search. You brought back Brad Ausmus to be the manager. That's probably the decision that I believe was the end game for Dave Dombrowski, the beginning of the end, in my opinion. When you have when you go out there and you have a team that's built like the Detroit Tigers were built with a super high payroll, you just can't bring in a first year manager. The last two seasons have been marked by mistakes. Have we've seen it time and time again in terms of the use of the bullpen, the the use of the starters, taking out players for pinch runners that end up costing you. How many times can you take out Victor Martinez for a pinch runner and have it come back to blow up in your face? It just can't happen that many times. And Brad Osmus is raw. You, you got to, you know, how angry are you that at this point in the season, you know, midway through the 2015 season, he hasn't progressed. How much, how much anger do you have? I have personally a lot of anger. I'm very frustrated. <clears throat> you know, that's why I love the Detroit fans. You just throw things out there on Twitter and right away the sarcasm. The sarcasm when Al Avila was introduced as the new general manager, and we'll, we'll get back to Dave Dombrowski in just a few seconds, but the overwhelming response to Al Avila kind of has been not so positive. A lot of people are, a lot of people on our Twitter page when Al Avila was announced as the new Tigers general manager really, <laughs> really hit home the point of, uh, you know, some thoughts of nepotism with the fact that Alex Avila is on this team. The best one was Will Bach. He tweeted us, oh, the first executive decision by Al Avila was um, signing Alex Avila to a 48-year, $5 billion contract. <laughs> he put the exact number, 5,382,449,000. Very interesting, very funny. I know we get it. Avila is a polarizing player on the team, and a lot of people think that he has the, the job as the catcher because of who we know is his father in the, in the uh, upper management of the Tigers. And it's just one of those things where, you know, it's fun to talk about, it's fun to joke about, but in all seriousness, Alex Avila is a strong defensive catcher. He has, you know, he's a big league player. Is he uh, an above average big league player? Not in my opinion, but by all accounts, all the pitchers that he works with, um, rave about him, that he knows how to call a game, that he's really solid defensively. His career has kind of taken a hit because of the numerous concussions. I mean, in the 2014 season, we were all very worried that uh, Alex could do some severe damage with the concussions. And this year, he went to the new helmet, and he's done okay. Still has, still having some ups and downs with injuries, but at the same time, uh, we all know, a lot of people know, we hear you, we, you, we all know the fans kind of ribbing the Tigers, think that Alex Vila's on this team because of his dad. It really brings up an interesting talking point in that 
how do you negotiate a major league contract with your dad? <laughs> do you totally let the agent handle it and not bring anything up? But it's got to be very interesting to uh, to have a, your son be a free agent when and one, that's going to be one of the first orders of business in the offseason is deciding what to do with uh, your son. Imagine if it gets contentious. Imagine if uh, Alex really wants to stay with the Tigers and his, his dad's the general manager. Does Al maybe potentially dole out the responsibility to someone else? And how, what price do you give? Can you honestly, as the general manager, separate yourself from being Alex's dad and put a logical worth on his son? Oh, I think uh, Alex is worth dot, 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 dot. Well, you know, I think I'm worth this, dad. And uh, okay, let's come, to, let's come to an agreement over some cigars at the, at the, at the, family, uh, at the family barbecue. <laughs> So that could make for some contentious dinners, some contentious meals there <laughs> for the Avila family, knowing that uh, negotiating the contract and, and things like that. All right. So we're, we've been talking Tigers. Dave Dombrowski fired. And that's really interesting for the Tigers in that they did not let him finish out the season. They just made the decision at this point in time. We got host. He recorded the podcast earlier and uh, missed the breaking news, but uh, we get a chance to talk to him. That's what I love about doing this podcast is that we can dial it up real quick. We got a host of the Tigers Talk with Churko and Company podcast on the line. Vito, what's going on? Very weirded out by the timing of this news. And I'm a big advocate, been a big supporter, backer of Dave D. Very surprised by this news and the timing right now. But I'm still alive, by the way. Even though I had to deal with this, it's tough news for me as a DD backer, I'm still alive right now and doing all right. I can say that much. Okay, so so let's let's talk for a few minutes here. You're a Dave Dombrowski backer. You don't agree with this move by the organization. And what's interesting, it's two parts. Not only really technically they fired him, they didn't let him finish out the season, and they named his replacement Al Avila. You so you weren't you didn't agree? You know what? I think they moved on because of the fact that they think he's moving on to another organization, to another Major League Baseball franchise like the Angels or the Blue Jays already, and they didn't want to deal with that hanging over their heads. And Illich thinks, I think he read it as a act of disloyalty and just said, let's cut ties right now and forget about you and move on because he still wants to win. He's still running the ship. Well, guess what? He wants to win next year. He's 86, not getting any younger, might not be in the best health. Who knows about that? So he wants to win next year. He's in a win-now mode still. And, you know, after what I heard from Al Avila, who's taken over now as the GM, I think they're still in that win-now mode. There's no cost-cutting going on, it sounds like. He has free reign to sign who he wants this offseason and can keep building upon what the Tigers have built already in this reboot, as they're calling it. So I believe in the reboot. Uh, I, I was recording this podcast when uh, the news when Al Avila had his press conference. What was the tone of it and what, what, what kind of things did he say? So it sounds like he's going to follow suit with what Dave D did, what he built, and be the same kind of a GM. And he learned from one of the best in Dave G, Trader Dave, as we talked about on you know, my podcast earlier today. So I think this is the right guy to, to captain the ship, honestly, going forward. So I like the move of going in. If you're going to lose Dave D, which you're doing, it sounds like it wasn't amicable, it wasn't mutual, you're firing him. Well, if you're doing that, you better go to a guy that knows the organization, and that man is Alabula. Okay, when you look at the tenure, uh, there's a lot of different talking points regarding, you know, letting Dave Dabrowski go. But overall, people are now kind of starting to look at, okay, was this t- overall tenure a success? From uh, We all remember when the Tigers were awful, and now they've come back and uh, kind of are, are a team that's kind of in the upper echelon. But when you have a $175 million payroll, and you're under 500 and you bring in a first-year manager, there's a lot of talking points to kind of sway people to think that it, it, his tenure wasn't a success, especially when you don't have any rings. 
Well, you're right. And four straight division titles wasn't good enough for Mr. Illich, obviously. He wants to win it all. Hasn't done that under the regime of Dave Gee. So he was let go. And I think it was a disappointing tenure in some manner because of that, at least in the eyes of Mike Illich. But for me, as a Tigers fan, from where the Tigers came from when he took over, horrible, 119 losses in 03, getting all the way to the World Series in 06, three years removed from that dismal season of 03 when they almost set a Major League Baseball record for losses in a single season. So he righted the ship right away. And for me, because of that, he gave me the best years of baseball that I've ever had and witnessed as a Tigers fan. So for me, he's still top dog among the GMs and Tigers sisters that I've seen because I haven't seen anybody else besides for Randy Smith who was dismal. So Dombrowski righted the ship, did the right things, made the move, spent the money, you know, because he had the backing of Mr. Illich, and did what he had to, for the most part, to put this team into legit contention. And I still believe in 2013, they were the better team than the Bo Sox. But the Bo Sox were the team of destiny, and the Tigers fell short. And Dombrowski, if he would have won that championship, I still think he would be here next year. He would not have been let go at this point. And now uh, Al Avila, who has been, you know, long tenured here in Detroit, working alongside Dave Dombrowski. I was just uh, talking before you got on here and called me up that uh, what an interesting offseason he's going to have right away. How do you negotiate the value of your son? I mean, basically, he's got to sit there basically and have meetings with the organization and kind of talk about, OK, Alex Avila, what do you think? Do you would you have the gumption to kind of say, I think we can let him go. McCann's the guy. That would be very interesting and contentious in my mind. Wouldn't that be fascinating to kind of sit in when uh, it would be when Alex Avila's name's called when yeah. uh, Al's the general manager? I you know it would be very interesting to see that happen and let that play out to where you let him walk, go to another major league baseball club, and maybe if he sees the writing on the wall where his son you know maybe isn't the best guy right now, you let him go and you go in that direction if you know that you know what my son can be picked up by another major league baseball club. He's not going to be a minor leaguer or have to deal with that and deal with getting or going out of baseball, or find another employer. So if you feel that you see that, envision that for him out there in the open market, you let him test the market and do what's best for him, what fits him and suits him best. And maybe he wants a new, you know, a change of scenery anyways, and a new challenge ahead of him. So if he does pursue that, another, you know, opportunity, I'd say you let him do it. You feel that it's the best in the best interest of your son to do so. I still believe, you know, he's going to lean towards bringing back his son. It is his son. still has the OBP, which is, Fairly decent, good enough to be a backup catcher, at least at this level. So I think you bring him back at the veteran, as a veteran major league backup catcher, and you deal with that for a low salary of maybe, you know, two years, five mil. Something where you can get him, you know, get him for a bargain, really. That's a cheap price to pay for a backup, really. Uh, it's not too much money. You could pay, I know, and just go on the route of Ryan Holiday and deal with that, a cheaper guy because he's been a minor leaguer, the youngster, and, you know, you can pay him cheaper because of that. But I say, you know what? That's fair market value for Avila with what he does, managing the staff, framing pitches. So for me, even though he's had a dismal, very poor season, I say you bring him back. But I could, to answer your question, uh, to sum it up, I could see Al Avila having the gumption to say, I'm going to let my son walk and entertain other offers from other Major League Baseball clubs. All right, Vito, stay on the line. We got another caller uh, talking about Dave Dombrowski being let go today. Big breaking news around town ahead of the series versus uh, the Kansas City Royals. All right. Thank you for calling up the Detroit Sports Podcast. You're talking to the doc, John Macaroon. So what's your thoughts about Dave Dabrowski being uh, let go of fire today? Well, my impression um, always has been that he's always wanted to be the big trade dog during trade deadline. And granted, he knows baseball, but he kind of has let our minor league system go, in my opinion, and he just waits for the trades. 
So I think in the long term, we have been affected by his mishandledness of our minor league system. We haven't had any great players come through the system. Yeah, you know, 100... except for Verlander since '84. I mean, I, I, I never really, even when he was before, he always had to be the big trade dog during trade deadline. I never really agreed with it. Okay, so you don't personally agree with how he built. You you kind of think that uh, he was given maybe a big checkbook and he was just able to make trades and move pieces along. You don't think that because he didn't build the minor leagues or have too many homegrown guys, you weren't really in agreements with uh, Dave. You were, you were happy with him being fired. Yeah, I kind of look at that. Way. Like I said, granted, he, he, he knows players. He's made some good trades. He's made some bad ones. I mean, in the long run, now... I think we're in trouble because of his lack of minor league players from our system. Yeah, a lot of people are thinking that this, a lot of people that I've talked to have said the times are the times could potentially be very thin for a long time because, you know, that's why we had to trade Price, Sorry, on Cespedes just to bring in five guys, and that might not be enough. You know, it's going to be... It could, it could, right, and, I, and it just also feels like it was kind of a deal that he was making as he's was getting ready to go out of town anyways. Yeah. You know, I'm a little worried Yeah, because I, we have been high top for so long, and it's been nice. Yeah, it has. But times it, have changed. Yes. Thank you so much for calling us up. Go Tigers, and we, now we have to wait and see. Vito, that guy made interesting points. I think the uh, he kind of echoes the sentiment that a lot of fans do and that Dave didn't really bring up a lot of players from the minors, and he used the players in the minors to kind of trade off to get proven major league talent to make the playoff push. Dave D, I think, to sum it up, too, was effective but not great. was effective in building a tender, but I think he lacked something in getting the team over the top to win a World Series title. And that was building from within, uh, building up the farm system, really never had top prospects coming through it, or guys that actually you know, ended up elevating themselves to the major league level in a Tigers uniform. But that's really because of Dombrowski. He traded off those guys, those Blue chippers for guys like Miguel Cabrera, Dontrell Willis. Even though Dietrich didn't work out, you got Cabby in that deal when you dealt Maven and Andrew Miller, top prospects at the time in their own right. And then you also, you know, you dealt other guys, Jacob Turner for a guy like, you know, Anibal Sanchez and Omar Fonte for those guys from the Miami Marlins when they made that deal, I believe, back in 2012 now. So he's made deals when he's had you at the deadline dealing those blue chippers, and he's had to give up top talent in the farm system to do so. So really nobody's ever come up through the farm system since JV. Of the Maya when he had his, you know, his stint there of success. Uh, Castellanos of recent memory. And some other bullpen pieces here and there, but not much more outside of that because I guess it's also a, a thing to say about his, his job as GM because he didn't build up the farm system, maybe didn't draft the right guys, do the best job of talent evaluating. You know, the talent evaluation maybe wasn't always on par for him and his scouting staff. But the thing is, when he did actually have guys, he traded them off. And that's why you never saw anybody come up through the farm system. So the combination of the two, maybe his lack of eye for talent, uh, young talent, and maybe also the fact that he traded off so many guys so nobody ever came up through the farm system that was a top talent. Because he dealt those guys for other blue chippers at the major league level. They were major league proven. So as I noted, you know, Annabelle Sanchez, Omar Infante, Miguel Cabrera, all those guys were dealt for because you were able to give up top prospects at the time, guys that were top specs. So he had to do what he had. He tried to get this team over the top. Never did. And that's also, that is, you know, also uh, a lack of, I think, uh, building up the bullpen, like I said. So there are some faults, are some challenges that he encountered that he never got past. And the one biggest one, I think, for me, was the drafting of talent, was bad at that, a bad talent evaluator, 
uh, to a certain degree at least, and then also the lack of building up the pack. And that's why he was effective in building a contender, like I said, because he really did everything else that he had, okay? He crossed his eyes, or, you know, put the dot on the eyes, dotted his eyes, crossed his teeth and whatnot. He did everything else besides for really building up that effective pen and a strong and hugely effective farm system. So those are really the two, the woes, the two marks, the black eyes that really the Rossi left in his tenure as Tigers GM. Everything else was good enough to say that he was effective, just not great. Great enough to build that World Series championship winner. All right, Vito Churko on the line. He called us up in this breaking news edition of the Detroit Sports Podcast. Dave Dombrowski fired from the Detroit Tigers. And then uh, before I let you go, what's your level now of panic? Um, You know the minor league system is bare. You know that uh, we let go of some big talent. You kind of know that the payroll is going to be a little bit less. I don't think it's going to be drastically. I don't think we're going to be a team that's going to be in the 70 to $90 million payroll, but it's going to be maybe 120, 150 range or so. What's your level of panic in terms of um, what's going on with the Tigers as we speak? My level of panic is not that severe, honestly. I see them moving on into the right direction, following this path of rebooting, retooling, whatever you want to call it, and being contenders in 2016 and beyond. And that's a large part, or has to do in large part, uh, because of David Rowski's crossing of his teeth, dotting of his eyes, doing the right things for the most part, just missing out on a few factors here and there, missing out on maybe resigning some guys that he maybe could have earlier on. But he made the trade, you know, trading these guys, top prospects when he had you. He traded other guys in pending free agents when he had you. So for me, he's built up now the farm system, slowly but surely, a little bit, and to be in good enough, a good enough state to where Alabama now has some room for growth of the farm system and some room for trading off these maybe youngsters, you know, these prospects for better talent at the major league level. So because of that, I see this reboot effectively happening next year and happening as we go on and on, as the Tigers move on and on into the future, too. So for me, I am not panicked. I think the Tigers are in a good enough state to be contenders next year and beyond, to answer your question. All right, Vito. Thanks so much for calling us up. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. You have a good one. That was Vito Cherko, host of the Tigers Talk with Cherko and Company podcast. You can hear it every single Wednesday. So this is the special breaking news edition of the Detroit Sports Podcast. Dave Dombrowski fired. And uh, and the callers and Vito kind of have echoed the sentiments in that, you know what, in order to go for it and try to win the World Series, Dave Dombrowski moved some pieces along and got major league talent with the players from the minors. And outside of maybe Andrew Miller, who has who's now the closer of the New York Yankees, he's had some success. There haven't been too many players from the minors that we let go from the Tigers that went across, you know, and played for another team that had major success that made you kind of go, ooh, really? You let him go? So in that regards, I give Dave Dombrowski credit in terms of bringing in guys and maybe elevating them in terms of hype or elevating them in terms of stature and being able to move them along. A name that a lot of people know about is Jacob Turner. He was considered, oh my God, a big, huge time deal. Uh, He was considered a big time pitching prospect. He's gone around and bounced around with certain teams, and he hasn't been that good. uh, A name that people are kind of talking about now is Cameron Mabin, but he's had one really productive season. And you're going to base your opinion on Dave Dombrowski and the minors on that. The issue, though, that is the sticking point that you can look to and say, yeah, Dave Dombrowski really messed up and really didn't do his due diligence is waiting 10 years really to fix the bullpen. He did address it multiple times, but he addressed it by bringing in guys that were less than stellar 
And you could say, well, he gave $10 million in a two-year deal uh, for $20 million for Joe Nathan. But at that time, you know, he was 39 years old. We can sit here and say Dave Dombrowski should have known this. But in all honesty, Dave Dombrowski is getting paid handsomely. He's got to know that uh, Joe Nathan is going to fall off. Whatever the signs may be, whatever in the reports, Dave Dombrowski is the general manager of the Tigers. And when you make a commitment like that for a team that's going to try to contend to win the World Series, you need to do your due diligence. And so, yes, I personally blame Dave Dombrowski for the, the failed bullpen, the failed Joe Nathan experience, the failures of Benoit, the failures of Jose Veras. This year, the bullpen with Al Albuquerque, with bringing back and signing Jabba Chamberlain, who you basically just gave a million dollars away to and nobody wanted him. So you can go down a long list of things that uh, Dave Dombrowski, when you look at it, Hiring Osmus, the fact that there were no consistent minor leaguers that kind of came up into the system and um, and made an impact. You know, you look at Castellanos; he's batting two thirty. He was a he was a highly touted prospect uh, in the minors. He was considered a top prospect, and now he's young. But what has he really done? When have the Tigers brought in a guy and drafted him from the minors, and he's been like lights out early on? Everyone says, well, it takes time for our players to develop. And it takes time for the minor leaguers to come up. But when you have a team that who were poised at the time to win a World Series, you just couldn't afford to have, you know, a lack of production in the minor leagues. You, you just couldn't afford it. And uh, right now we got, see, we're taking your phone calls here on the podcast, the special breaking news edition of the Detroit Sports Podcast. Dave Dombrowski's fired my boy, Kenny Frenzel. What's going on, guys? Oh, hey, man, it's just Doc breaking down the, the trade, man, my oh. Twitter... My Twitter blew up, and uh, a lot of people were thinking maybe it was Osmus, but it turned out Dave Dombrowski got the X. What'd you think? You know, here's my here's my thing. Okay, Dombrowski, maybe it was his time to go. He's been here for a long time. Whatever, fine, no problem with that. I get it. Alavila, fantastic uh, uh, individual, great knowledge, experience, a great hire, perfect to be a GM in the major league baseball. You know, within Major League Baseball. Here's my problem: you fire a guy and hire his backup. What is that? You know, now if they went out and they they fired Dombrowski, they interviewed six or seven guys, they brought in some old school guys, some new school guys, then they hire Avila, then I'm good with it. I think it's a great hire. I have no problems with it. My problem is not with Avila. My problem is with the lack of looking elsewhere. So now. We're in a situation where the perception is now that maybe the organization is looking to kind of go on the cheap a little bit, you know, kind of keep Avila on board, cut payroll a little bit, and now move to a new direction with maybe some younger talent and kind of just, you know, with all the big contracts. Like, if you look at it, you got five, six guys that are going to make $100 million next year. You saved a little bit of money by trading the players off this year, but uh, are you okay with kind of now the the new shift in the organization, or is it uh, upsetting to you that uh, we've now headed in this direction? You know, the people who who are upset by this, I don't get it. I don't get it. They're like, oh, uh, Mickey comes back, and you're just a couple games out. What about this team? Has anybody seen this season, aside from that first stretch of 12 games, what about this team has made Anybody has any faith that they would be able to do anything. They they phoned it in. They gave up. They they just they were lifeless. I mean, you watch them play, and you're like, seriously, this is what we're we're spending all this money on. I got no problem going on the cheap. If you're getting the right amount of talent, 
that's fantastic. I think Dave, Dave Dombrowski, for his last moves as a Tiger general manager, he set this up team, this team up fantastically. If you look at our uh, our scouting report for our minor league system, of the of the six guys, was it was six right six guys that Dombrowski brought in total. Of those guys, they comprise six of the top like 15 positions in our farm system for the most part. Maybe give or take a couple, but the top 20 for sure. Six guys. They brought in six guys who were better than 95% of our organization for the most part, when you think about it. Yeah, no, I, I the, the talent that he brought in was top-notch, so much so that we immediately bumped our top guy to second and added a bunch of other arms. Two of those arms could probably be starting next season, one of them coming out of the bullpen. That Jacoby Jones hit three home runs in in double A, but he still hit three fucking home runs. It's still the same thing. Uh, fantastic moves. If you're going on the cheap, if you're going young, that's awesome. The Royals are doing it. The Royals are kicking our butts in the AL Central, and they're doing the exact thing, the exact thing that you just said. They're going on the cheap. They're bringing in guys who need it. Now, they brought in Cueto, and they brought in a couple of guys who are probably going to – they're, they're going to need to spend some money on. That's going to happen. That's inevitable. But, you know, uh, I'm, I'm kind of sick of people getting on this organization for this, this Verlander contract. This Verlander contract is a monster, and we shouldn't have done it. And, you know, we've overpaid him. But if they had let Verlander walk, the amount of, of, of venom that would have been spewed at this organization would have been unheard of. So you can't have it both ways. Fans need to shut up. You can't be mad about Verlander's contract if you were going to be the same person who, when they signed him, would have been outraged if he hadn't signed and, and they had let him go someplace else. Yeah, second Fans just need to suck it up and deal with it. Yeah, second guessing is very easy. So now you have Al Avila as the new general manager in charge. And uh, we're just talking before you called, how funny is it going to be now? One of the early moves he's got to make is decide, hey, is my son going to be on this team? <laughs> what a contentious uh, contract negotiations that could be. So my son, I think, is worth right. uh, a couple years. Or uh, Imagine now uh, you're at the table, and uh, how do you know if you offend the guy by saying, hey, listen, uh, Alex is injury-prone. I think his career is on the downside. And you got to remember, oh, yeah, shoot, that's his dad. <laughs> uh, good stuff, huh? What a, what a yeah. fire to walk into. I don't think that's going to be an issue. They're both professional. They understand. I think long before uh, Alex got into the uh, – into the pro game, I think, uh, you know, I think his dad sat him down and said, hey, this is how it goes, and this is what it is. I don't think there's going to be any issues. I don't think the Tigers had much interest in re-signing him um, just because he just doesn't have a role on this team. Uh, had we not given all that money to, to Martinez last season and he, he had, had a better bat, maybe he could be a DH, but he doesn't really have a role on this team anymore. McCann has... Uh, firmly planted himself in the in the starting catcher position, and uh, we got a couple of other good young guys who are talented. And I don't think there's going to be an awkwardness there. I think they all realize what's going on. They're professionals. They're adults. Uh, they get it. Um, you know, it's uh, it is what it is. People are going to make going to put way too much into this. Uh, I don't think it's an it's an issue in any way, shape, or form. They're they're professionals, and you know they're going to do this professionally. Yes. I don't think Avila will be here next year. And that has nothing to do with uh, his dad either way. Looking at it now, do you believe now the run is closed and it's time to officially do this reboot and uh, get back to the playoffs in a couple of years? A lot of people are like, oh, we have a chance with a couple moves to get back. 
I'm not seeing it. I'm kind of more now leaning towards being a little bit more pessimistic. I think the run, I, I formerly said it on our podcast, the Doc and Jock podcast, the run is over and yeah. it's time to reboot and uh, a couple years minimum before we make the playoffs. Well, I mean, here's the thing. We, we didn't make a lot of moves. We really only sold off three pieces. You know, in return, we got, we replaced the player, uh, basically. I mean, you know, you, you replaced, you replaced your ace with, with a guy who could potentially be an ace in Norris. I think he's got the skills. I don't think the run is over. I think the run is just been set back a few steps. I think reboot was the perfect word. They're not retooling. They're not rebuilding. They're just rebooting. They've made a few moves and, and now they're going, they're going forward. Hey, I don't hey. think they got it in them to be, to be contending for the, for the, for the central, the way, the way Kansas City plays. But I don't think that this is a team that's going to be completely out of the wild card uh, race, uh, you know, come this time next year. Given the pieces that they've got, I think they'll be in it. I don't think uh, we're looking at a huge losing season. It's going to be tough. They're going to struggle, but you know, they got good, good they got good arms. They're not going to quit. You know, uh, they're not going to um, co- contribute to the team that much next year. Uh, but the year after that, I think we're going to be right in the thick of it for the Central. I think this team's about two, maybe three years away from really being a full-on contender. By then, you know, you're pretty much washing yourself of Martinez. He'll be gone by then. You know, I don't think he'll be here after next year. Uh, his contract's a little too big, and his, his value's going to be someplace else. He'll probably be traded uh, somewhere next season to a contender because he can stay healthy. Miggy will be, you know, kind of entering the the end of his prime, uh, so to speak. And you've got guys like Inglacius and uh, JD and McCann and, uh, you know, other, these other guys. Even I think Castellanos has, has it in him to be a, you know, a quality, uh, you know, player. So you've got guys that will contribute. You've got guys that will come in and, and be good and contend and make this team worth watching. Um, but it's going to be a little bit of a struggle for the next season, season and a half. Uh, that's no doubt, but I don't think we're going to be, you know, losers. We're not going to be the bottom of the barrel. We'll be somewhere in the middle, and it's we're used to being the top. So if we're in the middle, essentially for, you know, the, the mid-level fan who doesn't understand, you know, a lot of the ins and outs, they're going to see that as being bad. But in reality, I think this is a team, this is a team not unlike the current Red Wings. They're not, they're not there yet, but they're close, and they got a lot of really good young talent they could do some things, you know, and if they can go out this, this winter and, and potentially sign maybe a guy like Zimmerman or, uh, you know, even bring back Cespedes, you know, maybe get another key veteran role player who can either pitch or, or play one of those outfield positions that we need help at. Um, then I think you, you got a good chance at, at making a run for the wild card. And, you know, is that a watch? Is that a, is that a bad thing next season? I don't, I don't think it is. I think that's fantastic. I got one last drop for you. Tell me, tell me how this sounds coming through. What yeah. a dick. What a dick. <laughs> hey, go Broncos. That's oh. all I got to say. Go Broncos. Oh, my God. Yes. Uh, you know. Yeah, see you later, bandwagon. We'll, we'll, here. Yeah, see we you will, later. We'll see uh, on primetime television when Peyton Manning destroys you guys with his fantastic arm and your crappy defense. <laughs> we'll be watching from home in Miami. No, I got nothing to love. Lions are doing good. Uh, no issues in training camp. Uh, that rookie running back they got looked good from what I saw yesterday. So, I got a lot of hope for you guys this season. I'm, I'm not back on the, on the Lions kick just yet, but uh, I feel good about what they've done. You know, they haven't done a lot, but that's good because it's not, it's not really needed. So 
All right, my friend. We'll have many more chats. Thank you for uh, calling us up. I, uh, there's no, there's not that many people I want to talk to when there's breaking news, and you're definitely one of them. What a dick. <laughs> yeah, it was what good talking to you. Go Tigers. I, I, I like what they're doing. Um, I'm happy with it. Uh, I wish Dave Dombrowski all the best. I hope he doesn't uh, – I hope this doesn't come back to bite us in the butt big time, uh, him going someplace like Cleveland or whatever and, and just killing us. So What a dick. All right. Thank you. T- peace out. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Take it easy, buddy. Oh, man, love having chats with Kenny. He brings a strong opinion, and uh, you heard it here. That was the breaking news edition of the Detroit Sports Podcast. We took some calls. Thank you to all the callers who dialed us up. We'll have a lot more coming up on the Doc and Jock podcast. Definitely stay tuned to future podcasts. I'm sure there will be strong opinions on the Motor City Sports Rant, on Doc and Jock, on the Tigers Talk podcast with Cherko and Company. Stay tuned on uh, the Detroit Sports Podcast Network. Lots of great things happening. To support us, visit our website, DetroitSportsPodcast.com. That was the breaking news edition of the Detroit Sports Podcast. I am the Doc, John McAroon. I look forward to recording many more podcasts. Thank you. Go visit our website, DetroitSportsPodcast.com.